0: If you spend any time taking care of young children, you'll know that they ask a lot of questions, often more than you have energy to answer. They're usually simple, even humorous. But once in a while, they ask the big questions, questions about the meaning of life, death, purpose, and faith. No matter how old we get, we continue to ask those kinds of questions in one form or another. And it can feel like those questions can never be answered with complete certainty. And this makes some people uncomfortable.
1: The search for certainty has often had disastrous results. For example, the ex-evangelical movement has garnered a large amount of attention in the past few years, making many church leaders nervous. Among other reasons, it seems that the questions those people are asking are not being answered by the church, at least not in a satisfactory way. But this is not a modern phenomenon. If you grew up in the church, chances are you knew that there were some questions that were off limits, and asking those questions would be a signal of a shaky faith. But are those unspoken boundaries really keeping people safe?
0: In this episode, we ask, has our obsession with certainty driven us to label some questions as dangerous? How have we done this implicitly or explicitly? Is there such a thing as a dangerous question? If so, what is the danger? All that and more on this edition of the podcast.
1: We're a forum for discussion on the issues that are ruminating in the minds of churchgoers, but that are often not raised from the pulpit. Too long has the church shied away from grappling with tough questions and nuanced issues. We're your hosts. I'm Richard Zalameda. I'm Lucas Manning. Welcome to Questions from the Pew, where faith and
0: culture meet. Two, we're doing it. We're just jumping right in. Episode, episode number two of season number five.
1: Oof, fifty-two. <laughs> oh God, it's not, e- it's not even a joke. Anyway, great, pumped about oh. it. Yeah. How are you, Record?
0: This is oh. great. I feel like we just saw each other.
1: Yeah, it's it almost seems like just a few minutes ago.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Are we
1: going to keep it a secret that we're recording back-to-back? I don't, I don't know. I, mean, I don't It's think not a secret. Yeah, nothing to just, be ashamed of. Yeah, no, it's just a part of the recording schedule. <laughs> Anywho. Well, great. Yeah, anyway, I anyway. guess we've been talking about certainty.
0: Yep. Yeah, we can... talked about... Um, basically, just the question of certainty kind of introduced the topic in our last uh, episode, right? Have we, like, made an idol of certainty? or can yeah we ever be certain completely certain
1: mm. yeah which was great go back and listen to that one if you haven't mm-hmm. uh but yeah i guess in this one we're, we're kind of moving to dangerous questions Ooh. should be an in yeah. interesting little dangerous and in, in quotations in yeah, and bunny ears as we used to say <laughs> bunny ears <laughs> yeah you know bunny. you ears. and who <laughs> you <Yeah>. said we <laughs> <laughs> yeah not not you clearly <laughs> Uh, I feel like my kindergarten teacher, maybe, I don't know where it came from. Bunny ears. Isn't that a thing? You know, bunny ears. It's when you make it, you know, when you make the quotes with your fingers. Bunny ears. Anyway, it's fine. (laughs) All right.
0: First question. Anyway, question number one. Has our obsession with certainty driven us to label some questions as dangerous? You like how I had that little like a uh, upturn? Yeah, dangerous. dangerous. <laughs> yeah. I
1: wanted to vocally emphasize the quotation. The quotation marks. marks. That's good. Yeah. I could picture it. I mean, I'm Thanks. also looking at it. So yeah, you <laughs> but, you
0: got it in in multiple venues. yeah
1: multiple uh, senses sensory Wow, intake. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. We definitely. Growing up, we definitely had things that were dangerous. Um, A lot of times for me, it was like people—they're dangerous. Teachers—that's a lot of Hmm. times how it was. uh, How it's framed.
0: Sheeps' clothing. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, literally. Um, Yeah, so that a lot of times the dangerous word—if we're you know putting that one in quotes—if we're doing a Google search of Luke's life with dangerous as the, we'd get a snowboarding. (laughs) <laughs> B, we'd get Rob Bell. <laughs> he was dangerous, man, dangerous. Anyway, um, Interesting. so that's where the word would often come up in, at least in my church setting. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about yours.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think. I feel like in my experience, a lot of it was like a lot of the labeling of danger it was done implicitly. Where mm. we just didn't talk about it, or we avoided.
1: Sure. Like.
0: Yeah, we avoided things. Sure. It's kind of like it, um,
1: nothing was labeled dangerous explicitly. Right. Yeah.
0: Like I don't remember. I guess I don't remember. Maybe because I was young, I don't remember like apologetics-driven questions. Sure. You know. Sure. We just didn't touch them. Sure. I don't know.
1: Yeah. 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 No, that's um,
0: fair. So, so questions that would arise, you know, in the context of apologetics and, you know, the this idea of defending the right. sensibility of one's faith didn't really come up.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the funny thing is, like, I remember asking a question about, uh, you remember when Jesus says this generation will not pass away until these things come to be or whatever? Mm. Uh, and obviously it's like, wait a second. and And the teaching that I grew up in, he was talking about, like, you know his return and the rapture and all these things. And I was like, wait a second. (laughs) I mean, clearly that generation passed away, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, But then when I'd ask it, you know, kind of like what we talked about earlier, but uh, like in our last conversation, it's like, then we jumped through all these hoops and it's like, honestly, this one's a little crazy, but the answer that I got as a teenager was that John, the apostle John who wrote the Revelation, was alive somewhere in exile. Still so the generation didn't pass on. (laughs) Which is a kind of conspiracy theory type of stuff. Wait,
0: like that he's like literally still alive? He's alive, Until the return of Christ?
1: Or we don't know that he died, at least. Maybe he got taken up into heaven.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, that was the... Anyway, so that was an interesting... So, yeah, I guess... The thing is, I don't think they thought my question was dangerous. I think they saw my question and were like, huh, that's weird. You know what I mean? And then... Mm -hmm. Kind of like what we talked earlier. It's like they f- somehow find a way to sort of fit it into the, yeah. <laughs> you know, into the way that they're viewing things.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I guess, I mean, for me, I guess the questions, um, about like the historicity of the the Bible, kind of those kinds of yeah. questions, sure. um, or, you know, moving away from a strict literal interpretation or face reading interpretation and reading of the Bible, um, I think those were, if not labeled as dangerous, then strongly discouraged.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. Totally. I mean, I definitely start. wasn't asking those questions like when I was at the church as a, you know, a child mm. and a teenager. Because uh, I would just ask, because like, for instance, that Bible question, it's like, this doesn't make any sense in our, you know, way of constructing this. Mm-hmm. Which So now I would say Jesus is talking about the temple being destroyed, and all, you know, like things that happened before that generation passed away. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh and so it's, like, that fits perfectly well. Um, but, with yeah, within that view, it didn't fit. And I don't think anyone saw it as dangerous. But, but yeah, those, those type of – once again, it was – I don't think anybody was, like, asking those questions. Maybe somebody was. I certainly wasn't. Uh, mm. But it was, like, there's people out there teaching those things, and they're dangerous mm. teachers. You know what I mean? That was yeah. always, like, the – that was, like – yeah, I remember specifically, which Rob Bell's weird, and I don't know what he's doing, and I don't think that he's, like, you know... Okay. You know,
0: fu- <laughs> funny enough, there was a point, there was a season before, yeah. I think, churches collectively kind of started getting weirded out by the way he was teaching. Yeah. At a very early point, like, um, he was, like, big among... Yes like pastors and, yeah, literally. and and youth groups especially i feel like
1: well what were those series of videos i've actually never Pneuma. seen them numa yeah everybody's pumped they were it.
0: so well put together i would yeah. i watched so many of those
1: nice well and he had the the one i watched was his everything is spiritual little talk which i'm sure oh, if the, i watch the big board yeah the big whiteboard, and it was like incredible i bet if i watch now i'd be like oh this is tough this is dicey but uh but at least back then it was like this is great um so yeah, I do remember when he was like great. But I I have a very specific memory of going up to one of our church leaders and like asking him about Rob Bell or whatever and what they thought and they're like, "Ooh, he's he's a dangerous. Like don't you shouldn't read any of his books. He's dangerous." <laughs> hmm. like, which to yeah. be fair, Rob Bell's weird, you know, these days. I don't know what he's doing. I honestly haven't well, kept it a... up, so I don't even know what he's doing, <laughs> but you know, either way, it's just it's just that that like stance of like we have the truth mm-hmm. And everybody else is dangerous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? What I mean? yeah. and it's like, yeah. well, if you have the truth, what's dangerous about <laughs> Yeah? Know?
0: Well, I think that goes to my point about like we, we do this explicitly and explicitly. I say, we because I you know I'm lumping myself in as a part of the church, which I am yes I am. I, implicitly, like not making space for these you know quote unquote dangerous questions to be asked and processed, yeah. so like for you, it's like kind of like a redirected like, hey, avoid this person, um, right. sort of thing yeah, yeah. and and Wait. i got I think I got a lot of that growing up sure. as well, kind of yeah, like we don't ask these questions right um yeah we don't ask these questions because that can lead to you know falling from the and, faith yeah it's right. a slippery slope sort of thing
1: which i guess that's to me that is just an expression of like well you must not be super confident in in like your you know i don't know like in your vision or your uh i guess it's like worldview or your way of looking at the world you know what i'm saying which to be fair there's definitely people who intelligent people who can run circles around people no matter what like perspective you know like they're fighting for it's like debate debate team or whatever you know what i mean like you can take something that's like objectively wrong and like if you're smart enough or whatever like make it look like you're right you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's not to say that that's i think a lot of times that's what people were afraid of and, like, uh, I mean, that's, like, the dis- the distrust of the experts thing kind of comes in there, too, where it's, like, oh, they're smart, but, like, like they don't actually, like, you know, have the good of whatever in mind. Mm-hmm. They're just, you know, they're just smart so they can run circles around you, But and that's why they're dangerous. They don't really have the truth. They're just, like, you know, cunning. They're serpents. Not that that was ever said, but. Uh, <laughs> so I think, yeah and to be fair there i think there is truth i think people do abuse their intelligence by like trampling on people you know what i'm saying like that is something that i think smarter people can do um but <laughs> big butts i like big butts and i cannot lie <laughs> but uh i think even if you're not you know I think even if you're not the most you wouldn't classify yourself as intelligent or whatever, which I think there's many different types of intelligences and blah, blah blah. But like if you wouldn't classify yourself as that, I still think like if you have a like confidence in your in like the Bible's vision for humanity. You know what I'm saying? Like I think if we teach that to our people, then it would be like, oh, like there's nothing dangerous, you know, about this. Like we're a people who's trying to like create God's ideal vision for humanity on earth. It's like, yeah, we're trying to do that and other people probably think it looks a different way or, you know I don't know, but to me it's like if that was actually what we were trying to do, like there's nothing dangerous. like nothing could ever derail it's like a story. You can't like just because I love Lord of the Rings, I don't think of Marvel movies as dangerous because they tell a different story. You know what I mean? It's like, no, it's it's just another story, you know what I mean? And well, I'll tell you why I mean, I grew my story's up... better.
0: <laughs> well, Lord of the Rings was dangerous for me growing up. <laughs> so. Wait, really? Yeah. Wait, I think people... we talked about this in our Lord of the Rings series. Like oh, people I don't would say, "Don't read Lord of the Rings" because the main one of the main characters is a male witch I'm talking about Gandalf. Oh lord!
1: I, the thing is, that's crazy because in my community, it, it was Harry Potter was the evil stuff. Oh but, yeah, uh, definitely. But Lord of the Rings was totally. That was that was basically Jesus incarnate. Was that? Stuff. <laughs>
0: I grew up more with uh, Chronicles of Narnia. That was okay. Sure. Same. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, obviously that makes it was no so sense ominous. to me now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it makes no sense to me now though, because literally the whole, yeah. Yes. I think there's more magic in that, like oh, like, um, like obvious magic right. than there is in lord of the rings yes yeah, so, at least from like a, a literary point of view
1: what is the thing that grows into the lampstand I, I honestly forget anyway oh yeah
0: i mean the whole the whole thing of like one the world of narnia was created by magic sung into existence <laughs> and um like the like a metal bar from okay. a lamppost in our world had grows was into. chucked into like the ground yeah, and it yeah. landed and because there was still residual magic of things growing yeah from the initial song then that metal bar grew into
1: a lamppost in the ground it's honestly beautiful <laughs> I love it. it's like too good um anyway all that to say i think maybe i mean maybe i'm getting ahead of myself i don't know where i was going but I think if we structure, like, our belief in the Bible as, like, a story or a narrative, you know, about God and about humanity and about the world that, like, we're participating in, Mm -hmm. it's, like, there's less to be worried we'll get torn down than, like, some sort of, like, intellectual castle that we're, you know, firing Mm -hmm. our evidence down from, and atheists are firing their trebuchets of, you know, evolutionary theory at (laughs) us or something. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. Or just, like, other Christians with their different views. Well, that the crazy thing is, obviously, we're Christians, but, like, it was the, the amount of Christian people that were, like, labeled good were, s- like, so small. You know what I'm saying? It, like, we were such a...
0: Oh, like, growing up, you're saying?
1: Yeah, it was such a like, narrow, like, mm. group of people that were, like, safe to listen to. Mm. You know what I mean? Even, like, many other Christian speakers and such were, you know, off-limits.
0: Yeah. I do wonder if, like, that was a result, again, because the the focus of the question, this first question is... I know we kind of moved into the second question, but the focus yes. of the first question was this obsession with certainty as the grounding for yeah. the label of dangerous. Sure. I do wonder, to your point, if it's because the obsession with certainty is a way of holding on to, um, not power, but a sense of, um... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you know control. what I'm saying. Control, control. Um, um, even like a sense of um, predictability, almost. Yeah, sure. Like I know. I know this, 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 and this, and there's there's a sense of yeah. comfort in that.
1: Absolutely. Well, I mean, that's why. And once again, I mean, we talked about this in our last conversation, kind of a conversation. Uh, but I mean, that's what humans have been doing: is creating models so that we can predict what's going to happen, so that we can be on top of what happens right. versus being yeah. on bottom, on the bottom right. of what happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or even like, that's like, like why ancient we're myths. Humans.
0: Yeah, even ancient myths. That's the reason why they were created, right? Because right. sure. we we saw yeah. these um, these lights in the sky, yeah. and we created stories to make sense of you know where we sure. are in relation to them what is what is happening when we see them yeah. moving across the sky or like
1: chaotic and unpredictable weather it's like right ah, we need some way to like make this make sense
0: right right exactly Or like and this is gonna maybe strike some you know rub people the wrong way but like this idea of like what you brought up with with chaos so often symbolized as water and uncontrollable yeah. water um, sure. In in ancient Near East myths, like you see that even in the Bible, mm-hmm. right? The, so many times, uh, you know the Genesis, right? Like yeah. the it was God who brought order out of water. chaotic waters, yeah. right? The the whole Red Sea imagery, crossing over the Jordan imagery, yeah. um, all, all those things, even Jesus yeah, walking flood. on water, those stories. Yeah, um, you know, I'm not labeling all of them as. As myth, I'm, we're not going to get into that conversation. Listen <laughs> yeah. to our previous podcast about our conversation about myth. But those are tapping into those ideas and the way ideas of chaos and unpredictability and um, and a lack of control, um, those ideas are wrapped in stories. And so the, those stories are tapping into those ideas. Um, and I think, yeah, that that has followed us to this day and we address those kind of um, those longings for control in a different way. And this time it's not making stories of meaning, but it's avoidance and labeling as, as dangerous. Yeah. Almost using, um, scared state, uh, scared straight kind of tactic. Mm. Um, like people, pastors or church leaders speak lowly of others who ask questions or, you know, kind of make fun of even asking these questions in general. Yeah, Yeah. Um, yeah
1: yeah yeah i mean i think you nailed the nailed the head hammer, hammered the nail on the head (laughs) (laughs) hit the nail on the head yeah i think that's that's great i don't have too much i mean i guess we kind of have moved into the second question yeah um so we could should we should we ask it more yeah yeah, more explicitly yeah yeah Question from the pew. All right. Question number two. Is there such a thing as a dangerous question? Hmm. Hmm. Maybe this is a dangerous question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is a dangerous podcast episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess, I mean, we kind of already answered. <laughs> you kind of yeah. already answered the alluded to the no. Yeah. Um, I, th- I, mean, I think I... we we got to name the danger though, right? Sure. When I mean, we kind of like, kind of tiptoed around it earlier, but we got to name the danger of that people are afraid of. Like, if we ask these questions, what are we in danger of? Sure. I think the yeah, that's at least good for Christian circles to or identify. people. Yeah, I think for Christian circles, it's you know, it's like two sides of the same coin. Like one is you know, hell, <laughs> um, and sure. the loss of faith, kind of yeah. like that uh, abandoning the faith kind of idea.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that is, yeah, I guess that is what it is. I mean, the funny thing is, like, the thing that I feel like my church was worried about, it's like, a lot of times it wasn't even leaving the faith. Sometimes it was. But a lot of times it was just like, you know, going to a church that just believed different type of stuff.
0: (laughs) Mm. So it
1: was just like...
0: So denominational, like, like doctrinal questions became dangerous?
1: Well, the funny thing is, so I went back to my church a long time ago, the church I grew up in. I don't It was probably a couple of years ago. Uh, was it after the pandemic? I don't know. Anyway, I went back there just to, like, to check it out, um, see how everyone's doing or whatever. And I had a conversation with a couple about their daughter who was around my age. And they're like, yeah, we're really worried about her. And I was like, huh, like she's going to a church, like tending, and, like, I know that she had some, like, difficulties with Christianity for a while. You know, the whole deconstructed thing, everything. You know. You know how it is. Uh, but, like, to me, it's, like, the the woman is going to church. She's living her life. She's married. Has a kid. It's great. Like, I guess to me, it's, like, I don't know what you're worried about in the sense of, yeah, she's not going to, like, a Baptist church. It's, <laughs> so like, mm-hmm. that's true. Uh, but, like, so the danger, I agree that the danger for... Like, my community was one, yeah, just like totally abandoning Christianity or whatever. Like, that was something. But then, like, I feel like the more pressing danger was like, they're going to think <laughs> they're going to adopt a different type of Christianity. You know what I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that like so interesting. More of what we talked about.
0: <sighs> that is but fascinating. Just, I feel like yeah.
1: that's such a
0: remnant of like the Protestant reformations. That, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we, we are still seeing it to a, Less bloody scale, certainly, yes. but you know, we're not killing each other Which is over yeah, changing <laughs> denominations. But <laughs> yeah. it's funny that you mentioned that because now that I think about it, it was the same way. Like, yeah. if I stepped, I don't know, I don't think we said this explicitly, or I'm not gonna say we in terms of like my church specifically, but like, or not even my denomination, but I think the move like Pentecostal charismatic movement in general, I think. Sometimes has this air of well, we've got a more full understanding Uh, of what it means to live a Christian life, or to really live. Right. You know, with the idea and the belief that the Holy Spirit resides and empowers us as believers, and you other Christians don't understand that to the fullest. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Again, it's not explicit in the yeah, but that's the like idea. yeah, that's the idea that's communicated yeah. when it comes to, like, even the idea of... Yeah.
1: Or, like, they'll trash other pastors on stage. Our mm. pastor did that a lot. Is it's like, mm-hmm. he would just, I don't know, I think he would sometimes specifically name people, but I think mostly it was just, like, that tradition, blah, 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 or whatever, you know what I mean? And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Which, once again, there's, there's nothing wrong with actual, like, disagreements. So that's, like, the thing is, and we've talked about this in... I think our podcast on church and like different methods and mm-hmm. similarities, differences, whatever. Um, is like, there's going to be differences in like, even like method of how we do things, uh, because we think it both like in our services, that's not what I was thinking, but like, you know, how we structure our services, but then also just like in how we interact with the world, you know, what's our political view on politics? What's our view on, mm-hmm. you know, whatever interacting, whatever. Um, So there's going to be differences, and like you could even say, I think that that difference is not faithful to the biblical text, and here's why. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But like, it was never that. That was never how it was framed. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't ever. The danger was like you becoming a follower of that tradition. Mm. You know what I mean? So that's like the the weird thing to me is like if if we disagree on ideas, like. Why are those ideas pertinent and like what uh like effects do they have in the real world? You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, let's actually yeah. talk about it if we want yeah. to. But it was never about that. It was just about like it was I guess it's like tribalism a little bit. Like it was like they're they're yeah. kind of in our tribe, but not fully, because we're better. Yeah, so yeah, don't yeah. go over there. <laughs> you know?
0: right. Yeah. I remember um in Bible college, um at the Moody Bible Institute of Chicago, <laughs> where you yeah. and I went. Um yes. I was just Verbally like processing like oh like stuff that I had grown up with in terms of like doctrinal stuff, sure and again, coming from a pentecostal tradition um and it was like I guess butting up against, and I hadn't even made a a, a stance at that point, I was like just thinking I was like, I wonder if yeah. this
1: thinking doctrinal
0: true. thing that I had grown up with is not you know as clear or as salient or as um as
1: self-evident
0: wealth f- yeah well self-evident yeah. or well-founded as i thought it you know it was sure and the person i was kind of who was part of the same tradition um and i was speaking with about this when i asked that question out loud they were like wait wait, wait, wait. you still like you still believe in the holy spirit though right <laughs> and i'm like wait that's, i'm not questioning <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, i'm just it was it, 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 I'm just saying that just to say like, it it gets expanded so much. Like you ask a question of about a very particular thing, sure. And it gets expanded to an understanding of you know, on my part, this trinitarian um, sure. God, or yeah. in other parts, your Christian existence. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. No, yeah. I mean that's, I mean that's a little bit. Uh indicative of the time we live in it's like if you challenge one part of it it's like oh the whole part of it is being challenged you know what i mean
0: Mm, like a house Um, card sort of yeah
1: literally it's like if you take out one thing it's like you know none of it makes any Mm. sense not to Um, be fair
0: there there have been instances where that has been the case sure right so like i'm not going to name names here but like well-known you know pastors, theologians, Bible scholars, you know, people sure. in these kinds of positions of influence and, 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 yeah. um, not power, but like influence yeah. and authority. Like when one card was taken away, the rest of the house sure. cards came crumbling down. Sure. Um, and it did lead to a, an abandonment of sure the faith.
1: Yeah. That's definitely a thing. Um, I remember, I, I don't remember who it was, but it was some like Christian artist or something, not very recently, probably a few years ago. I don't even remember how I was seeing it, but I think somebody I knew, uh, you know, they were, um, or they were, they liked the person's music or whatever. And I was like, oh, well, that's weird that, you know, they're not a Christian anymore. And I read the Instagram post or whatever that said the reasons. And it was kind of like, Hey, these are, these are some reasons, but, you also don't have to leave like, mm-hmm. and that's like the thing I think my like uh, frustration, maybe not frustration, but just like where I differ from, you know, kind of deconstructionistic Christians, uh, which I've done plenty of deconstructing of things. Uh, but it's like, I mean, if you, if you want to stay for me, if, if you read the Bible and you learn more and you want to stay, I think there's like a beautiful vision for humanity. That's like here uh where you can abandon that thing that's been like horrible for you maybe even abusive or just like you know not compelling it's like you can abandon that but then still you know you don't have to leave that's all i would say um but you know yeah some people definitely do and i don't think it's the question's fault i think that's that's where uh mm. churches they think it's just the asking of the questions it's like the problem <laughs> it's like i don't think that's the problem i think that well one the answers that we're giving but also just like the the story the narrative the vision of like who we are and what we're doing in this world isn't compelling for a lot of people you know what i'm saying and so that's why they leave it's like this isn't and i would say it's not compelling for me you know what i'm saying i i, I couldn't do that anymore you know um Anyway, but all that to say, if that is you, there is there's still a place if you want want to be in it. Yeah.
0: I think you you made an a point point earlier where, like the question the, the problem isn't, like that that the question is being asked the problem isn't the question itself, um,
1: yeah,
0: it's it's like a two sided sort of thing where it's a problem with maybe the way, uh, the question is being asked or like the motivation behind the question, sure, and the way the question is being handled or answered. I, I like using the maybe the word handled or approached maybe just because sure. answer is a little bit
1: yeah definitive again yeah definitive again yeah.
0: kind of like the the way we talk about questions and responses not questions right. and answers um, but yeah kind of two sides of the same coin with these dangerous questions right because yes the 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 church or the leader or whatever. Person of um, person of influence is being asked this question has a responsibility to make space for those kinds of questions and sure. the way that they respond to or handle those questions or 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 approach those questions um, does a lot to you know to I guess transforming that question into something that will have a dangerous or like a Um, a negative outcome. A lot of it does have to ride on that, right? Because there's that loss of control, influence, or power that we talked about already that pastors or leaders seem to have. And that tells us, I think, more about the the leader that he or she isn't sure how to handle these questions well. Sure. So part of the responsibility, part of the onus is on on that side. But then just as well, I think the part of the responsibility is also on... um, on the person who is asking it, right? Yeah, because sure. you can ask... Again, there's not... The, the question itself is is neutral. Yeah. The way you ask that question, though, you, you might have already come up with an answer, and you're just looking for an excuse. Sure. If, if that makes sense. Sure. There's a difference between someone who's come up with these questions um, and has already answered them in, in their mind and deemed them unsatisfactory. Sure. Um, or asking it out of, like, a... You know, um, trying to in an attacking way. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, well, that's like speech act theory. It's like it's not just the words that you're saying or the question that you're asking. It's what those words or question is doing in the world. Right. So if like your right. question is an attack, then obviously, yeah, I would right. say that's yeah, dangerous. But yeah. if your question and, and even sorry, go no. ahead. No, if your question is a question, like a genuine question, then I don't think it's dangerous. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Well, the, even the whole speech act. Theory thing, like if we're gonna get into the the grid of it, right? So you got the locution, which is the the statement itself, the perlocution, uh, or no? Is that the illocution? Yeah, illocution. Ah, uh, one of the I can't remember now. Honestly, I forget all the technical terms. But... I think it's illocution, <laughs> where like what you're communicating with the, um, with this statement. Like sure. Um, an example, right? Of of this is, um dinner's ready the statement dinner's ready yeah. that 's the locution that 's the statement, but yeah. you 're communicating with the statement is you should that, come to the hey, table come to the table yeah. and then beyond that, the perlocutionary intent is your intent is to bring that person that yeah. you 're calling to the table itself right. like that 's your intent so yeah. that's there are three levels to that right so like when you 're approaching that question you 've got the question you 've got your intent with the question. And yeah. what you're hoping is the outcome yeah, of the asking response. that question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there are three different levels that I think the person who is asking it needs to be aware of yeah. in asking those questions. Yeah, sure. Because it's and unfair if, to lay 100% of the blame um, yeah, sure. on the person being
1: asked. Sure. Which I think a fair amount of blame can be levied against oh, yeah. in this specific instance, like, you know, leaders who don't want to deal with that kind of thing or just have it like, you know haven't figured out the how to respond because they don't want to ask the dangerous questions. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Or haven't... Yeah, they've never asked the, the dangerous yeah, question. the questions. Yeah, the questions
1: themselves. Um, so I think, pl- yeah, plenty is there. But then, yeah, if... To me, if, if you're asking a question and it's a genuine question with the intent of greater understanding, then it's like... I don't I don't think there's a dangerous one. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. It's... Yeah, it's about intent, I guess. You know, if they're, Yeah, if your intent is... Harmful, then obviously dangerous question. But if not, ask away. Let's just get more understanding. You know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, th- I think that's kind of yeah where I draw the line of if I'm gonna answer that you know if is there a dangerous question I'd say no. Yeah. Right. But we make these um, we make these questions dangerous. Like the yeah, surroundings. The surroundings of the question sure. can be dangerous the the yeah. question itself though I think a question is a question like it's it not is. it's a neutral it it's neutral it's right. what we do with them um, that can have either positive or negative um, sure totally. effects.
1: yeah and I'm one to where it's if I mean if this question leads you if you're not getting satisfactory answers from your church or church leader it's like well you know nothing stopping you you know what i'm saying from like mm-hmm. trying to find a community that's willing to engage with them you know what i mean yeah. Which is different than if you don't like the answer i mean that's another thing is coming with a question where you're just hoping to get a certain answer to confirm your bias already because right? mm. yeah. that's another thing is like it's like i just want to hear this thing from you and so i'm just asking to know what you believe so then i can put you in a box you know <laughs> that's another yeah. type of question yeah. that we do yeah um but yeah. I think questions for greater understanding of either, you know I mean, if we're talking about church, it's usually, you know, scripture or what it means or the nature of God or, you know, all these questions that we love to ask. I'd say there's no dangerous ones.
0: But Yeah. I mean you know, that's what the that's the whole premise of this podcast, not just it, this episode, but like the podcast broadly, right? It's because for some questions we understand that there is no space within a church community yeah. to ask these questions and yeah. kind of deal with them in, in hopefully a meaningful way. And that's our goal is to, yeah, to present a kind of forum, you know, as our interest as a forum, you know, in which we can talk about these,
1: these important questions. Totally. Well, I think that might be a great place to shut it down. Yeah, cool. Thanks for listening to another episode. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do so on Patreon. It's just www.patreon.com slash questionsfromthepew. If you can't support us financially, please give us a good rating or review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on, and that will help others find our podcast. Also, please comment and ask questions. You can do that by following and messaging us on Facebook or Instagram.
0: You can also leave us a short voice message or text message at 312 725-2995. If you do leave a voicemail, please keep it under 30 seconds and tell us your name and where you're from. We'd love to include your voicemail in our Q&R episodes, but if you prefer for us not to, just let us know and we'll include your question in another way and without giving your information. The same goes for any messages you send us on social media or through text. This has been Questions from the Pew, a podcast in the World Outspoken Network. To learn more about World Outspoken and its mission to prepare the Mestizo Church for cultural change, visit www.worldoutspoken.com. For Questions from the
1: Pew, I'm Reichert Zalometa. I'm Lucas Manning. We'll see you next time.